your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Wednesday. It's Wednesday, Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. Like the guy just said, the talking text line. Usually, so a week, the week leading up to Thanksgiving, kind of like taking it easy. Week leading up to Christmas, supposed to take it easy. But I have Brad Bryan in here. He's a success. He's a success coach or the success coach. I don't know if there's more. One of one of two. One of two at Central High School. Is it Central High School or like the the Lacrosse School District? Uh, there's there's a few success coaches distributed about the district. Uh, I have a, I have a partner at Central High School. Uh, we are we are two there, and then there's there's various other coaches throughout the district. Okay, and you also run what you're calling. You're you're kind of you're you're kind of starting this up the Central Cares Program, and under that sort of umbrella, I would say, is what uh, the food pantry at Central, it's called La Casina. So you're running the, the, and people might not know, there's a food pantry at Central High School, and and not just students, but anyone could, could take advantage of that, right? Like, And I say take advantage, but like use it if they need, right? Right, right. That seems to surprise a lot of people that uh, it is a, it's a community-based food pantry. It's open to the public. Uh, I highly encourage students to utilize the food pantry, uh, but it is—it's open to the public. Uh, I've had the—I've had the pantry now for all of about three months. We're trying to do some changes to it, uh, trying to improve it, trying to increase the amount of utilization that we see in the food pantry. Uh, at, prior to when I took it over, it was a, a small, kind of a sad little pantry that was stuck in a closet, um, really hard to get to. And what I did. Uh, was I purchased some shelves. I have six uh, four-foot pantry shelves that I can pack into a closet. And when we open the pantry, in which we are open Thursdays from 2 to 5 to the public, I can pull all of those pantry shelves out, and I can line a hallway. So I've got a pretty good uh, pretty good amount of food that I can offer up people for the pantry. Sure. And when I when I say, uh, you know, the week leading up to Thanksgiving, the week leading up to, to, to Christmas, is that week where you, it's kind of like the the same as the NCAA tournament is on, and nobody does any work. Here yesterday, I, I have a lawyer and uh, another lady in to talk about the senior center in lacrosse and the fight that they do with the city. And today, now we're going to talk about essentially like food insecurity in, in a couple of different ways. Obviously, Brad's in here, Brad Bryan's in here to talk about it like through the eyes of the school district, through, and we have some stats that are, you know, at least one stat is kind of staggering. I, I would say, I would say two of them, and we'll get to those in a minute. And then, uh, in a couple of minutes, Lori Graff with the with Lacrosse County is going to come on and talk about stuff like the SNAP program, or I don't think it's called SNAP in Wisconsin. Actually, she just told me that it's called something else, but essentially, food, the food oh, it's food share is what it's called in Wisconsin. Essentially, the food stamps I would think is is kind of the I don't know why people might understand that a little bit better but like food stamps if you need uh for people that are eligible about that um i will say there's a snow emergency going on in lacrosse it started it starts at 6 p.m so beginning tonight you will have to abide by alternate side parking rules i want to say that'll be for at least 48 hours but if you look at the weather at all that will be for a lot longer than that um and and so yeah, and I think you were walking in. I letting you in. It was just starting it to snow, just right? Just started. Yeah, it was really starting to come down. It, it'll be interesting because when we walk out after the show here, Brad, I think 
will be like, good thing we have trucks. I think that's the, I think that's the feeling. Although my spare tire is dragging from behind. If anyone see me driving in today, uh, yeah, I don't know why that uh, I have a spare tire issue. So that'll be fun to do in an hour. Um, anyway, 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. All right. So you took, you took over the food pantry because you wanted to, because you got suckered into it or just, you know, like if it wasn't the second one, I don't think I would own up to that anyway. Right. Uh, no, it was, a, it's a normal transition of power. I think I'm the fourth person to have the food pantry. Um, the, it's a lot of work. Uh, our, one of the, the previous, I'm calling him a caretaker because I made that term up, and that's what I'm going to call myself. Uh, but uh, John Havlicek, who, who's pretty widely known for that, uh, he did it for seven years, and it's, uh, it's a lot of work. And, uh, and, and to do it that long all by yourself, um, it, it seems like you could pass the burden off, and I, I think all would be fair. But um, I'm happy to take it on. Uh, I just want to get as many people involved in it as I can so it doesn't just become my responsibility. I'd like to make it a, a shared responsibility and, uh, and a community ownership project at the school. Yeah, and it's a good – and I'm glad you, you were able to come in here and, and talk about it and also, like, just simply promote it, the, the idea that, you know, I think uh, I bring on Shelly Fortner from the Hunger Task Force every once in a while to talk about the food bank, which is different from a food pantry – and then the big food pantry in La Crosse, his name escaped me right now. Uh, they're redo- remodeling the building right now. Wafer? Uh, the wafer food pantry. So, you know, and then you, so you guys are uh, maybe a smaller version of the wafer food pantry, right? Uh, in a way, yeah. So Hunger Task Force is the food bank, and we withdraw from the food bank. Yep. Um, so we do take some of our supplies that way. Uh, however, most of what is on our shelves uh, is, is purchased from local retailers. Uh, I've got pretty good relationships with a, a pair of local um uh, groceries, uh, grocers, I guess we'll call them. And uh, I like to have current, fresh product on the shelves sometimes, and, and it's just how food pantries work. Some of that food comes in. It might be expired. Uh, it might be slightly damaged. Um, because I am currently in a state where uh, I have a healthy budget, I have a good budget for this year for the food pantry, thanks to many previous donors who have been exceptionally generous, uh, we've got a good uh, budget that should get us through Pretty well this year. I can afford to buy. Uh, I can afford to buy right off the shelf at a, a slight discount because I purchase in bulk. Um, but to me, that affords uh, customers, or I guess uh, patrons, we'll call them, uh, a certain amount of dignity. You should be able to walk into a food pantry uh, if it's possible, and you should be able to get fresh produce. We do have some. Um, you should see the same things that you see in a grocery store. You should be able to shop with Digni, and there's some things that I do that we do uh, that make that possible. So although we don't have a separate space for the food pantry, we do have a nice hallway. It's a private hallway on uh, that to be, if I'm, if I'm facing the compass, it's the southwest corner of the building, uh, hidden by the auditorium. And what I've been able to do is we have some coat racks too because previous, uh, previous clubs and, uh, and caretakers have put together some winter coats that we can connect people with. We do still have some, but I can put those up as a partition so that uh, students passing by can't see the patrons and people are allowed to shop privately um, with a, a similar experience to what they'd have in a grocery store. Yeah, there's a certain amount of privacy, too, when students need or want to go get something. You don't want other students, because kids kids are kids. They're going to pick on each other if they, you know, oh, you're poor, or oh, you don't need that. Maybe they Maybe they don't know if they're poor or not, so... Uh, kids, kids might come to school looking like they're, you know, the best off and, 
and at home, their home life could be totally different. Yeah, absolutely. And, and part of what we're trying to do to get students to use the food pantry is we're trying to reduce the stigma associated with taking uh, pantry items, and we're trying to normalize the idea of, of taking items from the pantry, uh, telling students, like, well, if you have a friend or if you have a relative who's in need, please take a bag for them. Uh, that takes away a little bit of the stigma, and it's and we're trying to trying to show students that it's this is this is food that has been donated to the school by the community. This is our food collectively. You you don't have to have any cause or reason to take anything off the shelf. I'm hungry. I want to give this to someone. Is fine enough. Yeah, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. When we come back, we're going to talk with Lord Graff from the Lacrosse County. Uh, I believe the health department. Now I just just drawn a blank, but she works for Lacrosse County and she works with the the SNAP program or the food share program. We'll be back. Christmas tree at the Christmas party All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914 is the text line if anybody has questions. Lori Graff is the economic support manager with Lacrosse County. She's on the phone with myself and Brad Bryan who is the a success coach. And he runs the what he is called the Central Cares Program. Hi, Lori. How are you? Hi. Good. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, it was great. It was great you could call in and, and kind of help talk talk us through some of this. Uh, we're, we're you know we we haven't really dived into food insecurity. We've we've really just talked about what the uh, Central Cares Program is and the food pantry there. But can you? You're the economic support manager with the county, and so a big responsibility that you have within not just lacrosse county but i think you told me eight counties is is helping people you know navigate getting a quote unquote food stamps right yes it's called food share in wisconsin also known by the federal name snap supplemental nutrition assistance program yeah and and i i guess that my first question would be how many how 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 many people need to use that and how how uh how do you, how do you, what is the eligibility? Have we seen this like become more utilized over the last couple of years? I guess the pandemic, you could point to the pandemic for a lot of things, I guess. Are people really looking for more help at, over the last couple of years prior to this? I don't know how long you've been doing this, Lord. Yep, I've been with the county for almost 25 years, so a long time. And yes, we have seen a, a significant increase in food share um, usage since 2020, really since March 2020. So in 2022, we have an average of about 10,785 individuals in La Crosse County receiving food shares. Um, That has gone up since March 2020 when we had 8,632. So over 2,000 more individuals receiving food share in 2022 versus prior to the pandemic. And really what we saw was when the pandemic came, the numbers went up and then they've They've gradually been going down since 2021 as the economy's been getting better. How do people? How do people just like? Is it is it a really tough process to become eligible for this? Not become eligible, but to get through the eligibility process to to qualify for food stamps. And uh, what kind of things are people? You know, the interactions you have with with the public when when they either don't qualify or do qualify. I mean, how tough of a job is this? Because I, I feel like some people are hard up and maybe they don't qualify for this stuff. Right. So, I mean, the main eligibility criteria for food share is that you have to have income below 200% of the federal poverty level. And so just to give you an idea of what that is, so a one for one person, that is an income limit of $2,266 a month. 
for a household of three, that's $3,840 a month. So that's the income limit. There are actually four ways to apply, so people can actually call in. Um, our number is one eight 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 six two seven zero four three zero. They can apply by phone. They can apply online at our accesswisconsin.gov website. Um, they can schedule a face-to-face appointment if they would prefer to meet with somebody in person. Um, in La Crosse County, we also have two staff that are located within the community. So they spend some time at the REACH Center, the libraries, different places within the community to be able to help people face-to-face that need that, that just come in. Um, individuals can also fill out a mail-in application and mail it to the office. So those are the ways that um, they can apply for the program. And so, we, you know, we really try to get the word out that if a family is struggling, you know, call us or go on that access website. If you don't want to apply for the program, you just want to see if you might be eligible, there's also a screening tool on that website that people can actually check out. Yeah. And, okay. So you've, you've been doing this for 25 years. Can you just kind of give us the, the state of society or the, 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 the counties that you, you, uh, you cover now versus over, you know, the past two and a half decades? Like what, what is it like doing this job right now versus, you know, over the past sure. two decades? Yeah. I mean, things have changed a lot over the years, lots of changes in programs. A lot of programs that change and then go back to the, the old programs or the old policies. Um, but in 2012, we actually formed a consortium. So prior to 2012, we administered food share based on a county-by-county county, um, pro, uh, system. But in 2012, we formed a consortium. So Lacrosse County is the lead agency for an eight-county consortium called the Western Income Maintenance Consortium. And that includes Buffalo, Clark, Jackson, Lacrosse. Monroe, Pepin, Trumbull, and Vernon counties. We're speaking with Lori Graff. She's the economic support manager at La Crosse County. Um, Lori, you you guys not only work with the food share program, but you you do a couple other things uh, with healthcare as well, right? Yes, we actually administer one of our probably our biggest program is the healthcare. So we have the Badger Care program uh, for individuals and families. We have the Medicaid program for elderly and disabled. Um, we also administer the Wisconsin Shares Child Care Assistance Program that helps families to afford their daycare costs. Um, and then we have the Wisconsin Home Energy Assistance Program, um, which is a one-time payment towards uh, an individual's heating costs once a year. We also have a crisis program that goes along with that and furnace repairs. Are you running so, all these as one person? <laughs> um, well, I'm the manager. We have 80 staff across the eight counties and really run as a true consortium. So we have a call center that we run. A lot of people um, are contacting us now, especially after the pandemic. I think people got used to using, uh, doing things virtually. So we do a lot of our work through the call center, but want to remind people that we are still located in every county. We have a physical presence, and they can come into our office anytime and schedule a face-to-face appointment. When you say you have 80 staff, is 80 staff enough if if you know, a lot of a lot more people in need lately. Yeah, we have definitely been busy. Um, okay, so I'm wondering with the um, oh, there's some some other things that are going on that that Congress is talking about right now, ending. But there's a federal COVID public health emergency that's that's gone on. I believe like the last two or three since the pandemic began, or at some point in the pandemic. And and me and me and Brad Bryan will talk about this in a little bit, but just the in the in the midst of the pandemic, there was a federal program that allowed children to get free school breakfast and lunch 
Um, but but in, within that, there were some other things that that the feds did, uh, and that with under that umbrella of the federal COVID public health emergency. Can you kind of talk about how that's maybe helped a lot of people and 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 just uh, some of the details there? Sure. One of the things um, that the COVID public health emergency allowed was for states to give additional food share benefits to those families that are eligible. So typically, before the pandemic, under regular rules, um, the amount of food share that a household was eligible for, depending on a, a number of things. So the number of people in your household, your income, your allowable expenses. And so you would get an amount based on that. Under the federal public health emergency, states are allowed to give the maximum amount to those that are eligible for their household. So instead of having kind of a sliding amount based on those factors, we give out the actual uh, maximum amount. So just to give you an idea, for a, one, a household of one, that's $281 a month. For a family of three, that's $740 a month. So that has been a significant benefit to families under the federal public health emergency that's been since around March of 2020. We've been doing that. Uh, do you think that's a that, that's something that we could just make permanent, or do you do you like how that's been run, or it, was it was it necessary to do it the the old way before that, just allowing the max? Well, I know that the additional benefits have been a huge um, benefit for families in our communities that have been struggling, um, and so you know these are all federal programs with federal rules. So you know, unfortunately, the local agencies can't make decisions about the rules or the benefits, but I do know that, you know, we hear from families every day about how much these benefits have helped them to be able to afford uh, to feed their families. So definitely really important. Are the eligibility requirements, do they fluctuate a lot? Do, do, do families have to, you know, often go back and, and kind of re, re-up with the state or even the feds uh, because, because things are changing all the time? Well, we do annual reviews um, of eligibility for food share. So, you know, we, we once a year look at all of their information and determine whether they're still eligible for the program. Um, and so that, that is the major thing. And then we ask um, individuals to report changes. Right now, we're really encouraging uh, those that are receiving food share to make sure that they're updating their address with us. Because there's a lot of things that have been waived where they don't have to contact the local agency. So we're really trying to push, please make sure we have your address correct. And then as you get notices, read those notices for any changes or instructions on actions they need to take to maintain their eligibility. Hey, Lori, this is Brad. Uh, I deal with a lot of people who haven't used food share before, and, and I tell them to look you up. I don't have a lot of specific information. I guarantee after this conversation, I'll sure do a better job. But when someone starts the application process, how long is it before they can receive food share benefits? So from the date that they apply, we have 30 days to process the application, so they will receive a notice within 30 days, um, with the exception of individuals that meet what we call priority service. So if they're really struggling financially and meet certain criteria, we have to actually determine eligibility and get them their benefits within seven days. But everyone should expect a decision within 30 days from the date that they apply. Uh, I think that's really good and useful for the, the people that I serve. Is there, are there limits or uh, exceptions to what people can use food shares to purchase, uh, like uh, WIC eligible items or things like that? Yeah, I mean, really there isn't. I mean, there's, it's all food items, you know, regular food items. 
you know, uh, during certain times of years, we always point out that it also can be used for seeds and plants to grow food for your family. Items that they can't use it for is like non-food items, paper products, cleaning items, um, grooming items, um, alcohol, tobacco, of course. Um, so really, it's just your food items, not the non-food items at the grocery store. We're talking with Lori Graff. She's the economic support manager at La Crosse County. Um, Lori, are the benefits enough? Like, do do you talked about when we maximize the benefits, they were enough, and that might end here uh, come next next Congress's session. Um, are they enough just in general, or or would you would would people obviously people would love to have more, but but with the people you know you've been doing this twenty five years, you're you're talking to these families. Do they do they come at you? But wow, this is this just isn't helping. It's it's a little bit, but it's not quite enough. Yeah, and I know under regular food share rules, um, the program is not intended to cover all costs of their um, needs for the grocery store. So it was never intended as a program to cover all of their um, needs, you know, but I know that the, the additional benefits have really helped. Okay. 608-785-7914 is the talk in te- or the text line if anyone wants to get in here. You good, Brad? I'm fine. Yeah. Are you good? All right, Lori, uh, anything else? Are we, are we forgetting anything that we just, you know, the public should need to know that, that, that can go to the county and get help? Um, I think just, you know, if you're struggling, make sure that you reach out and see if you're eligible. Again, the programs we administer is Food Share, Medicaid, Badger Care, the Wisconsin Shares Child Care Program. And with the weather the way it is, I especially want to point out that we have the Wisconsin Home Energy Assistance Program. And the number for the Wisconsin Home Energy Assistance Program, if people want to apply for that, that is a local number. That's 608-785-5582. All right, Lori, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk more with Brad Bryan from Central High School, success coach. we got to define that, Brad, and then uh, we could talk a little bit more about uh, the school district and where the uh, essentially the students are with food insecurity or security. Snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of All right, we got the county's perspective on people in need, what to do. They, they cover a lot, Brad. <laughs> like... If you need uh, help heating your house, if you need help uh, with health care, if you need help with child care, if you need help with food, anyone needs that. We we just talked with Lori Graff from the La Crosse County. Well, with, with La Crosse County, she's the economic support manager. Uh, Brad Bryan, that's who I'm referring here. He's a success coach at Central High School, and he runs what he is calling Central Cares. He's, he's rebranding, I would say, rebranding, and it's... Uh, you're, and you're taking over the food pantry, which is La Casina. And I, now I know why it's called La Casina, because Havlicek had it, and he's a central high school teacher for almost three decades. So, uh, you know, are you going to change the name from the Spanish to, you know, like something else? Possibly something easier to spell. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but we did have a texter at the beginning, and I, and I appreciate the text because I thought of it, and then we got to talking, and I kind of forgot it, but... When I hear you say you're a success coach, automatically I think, okay, this is probably like the 2022 version of when I was in high school, we just had school counselor, and now they've just called it success coach. Is that true, or are you something totally different than a school counselor? Yeah, um, I think I think coaching existed in different forms in lacrosse prior to when I was hired. Uh, I was hired last school year, uh, as were several other of us. We were ESSER funded, uh, so those funds actually run out at the end of this year, so... 
hopefully I get to come back next year and, and do this kind of thing, but uh, nothing's guaranteed in today's, uh, today's budgets. But what success coaches are, at least as far as lacrosse goes, there's behavior, uh, and then there's uh, an academic or instructional success coach. That's what I do. That's what my, my counterpart does. Uh, we, help, we help teachers get the most out of instruction, and we support students in a lot of different ways. I, have, I wear a lot of different hats. I'm the, I'm the PBIS Tier 1 coach. Uh, I'm also involved in Project AWARE, which is about mental health awareness. Uh, that's something else that I do. And then La Cocina is, is just something that I've already, I've been passionate about food for my whole life. And, and food security. What's well, weird because you're not very big. <laughs> uh, I've been, I'm working on that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my retirement hobby, just bulking up. Well, it would be weird if you got really fat while running La Cocina and be like, wait a minute, yeah, the yeah, food's yeah. all, the food pantry's always empty. But um, can you give an example of what a student might come and work with you, like come to you for? Uh, it, yeah, and I could, I could find a student any day who wanted specific help uh, with a specific thing. Uh, sometimes because we use grades to determine success in high schools, uh, students with low grades, we might seek them out, and we might do one-on-one tutoring. We might suggest strategies that teachers could use in terms of grouping uh, to get uh, to get more success out of that group. So we might be in a classroom observing. We might be uh, we might be with a teacher helping plan lessons or units in a way that work better. We might be asking teachers to to get a little more creative and, and try to uh, try to grow their practice and giving them techniques, tools, and you know most importantly these days our time so that they can plan a little bit more than they wouldn't have been able to do on their own. Do teachers appreciate you, or do they, uh, oh, no, probably, probably 50-50, I'm Yeah, guessing. some teachers sometimes really appreciate us, I think. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> you know, I guess maybe in, in their defense, some teachers are probably just too busy to worry about what we do, but uh, we, we're, we're generally very, very helpful people. Yeah, because I, I would imagine a lot of teachers are. I'm running my ship. This is the this is the plan, and now you're coming in and rocking the boat. So they 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 might not appreciate that, but you might see something that you know, like maybe the whole class or the whole like the grades are slipping or something like that. You might be able to see that. I I had Jesse Martinez, the the teachers association uh, lacrosse education association president on. He's the teachers union president essentially. I said you, we're, you you guys are trying to do away with grades and try to do, do have you talked have you been in on these yeah, conversations I, I, you think you might be talking about standards based grading and learning yeah yeah that's that's one that's the direction we are taking in the in the secondary schools and and the success coaches have we've done as much help with that as we can um, it's a it's a gradual process and an anxiety provoking process for a lot of the teachers um, and that's one of the ways that we help them we we have a we have a menu of services that we offer teachers, and uh, we do anything to, to make kids successful. Teachers get nervous when you say we don't need to do A, B, C, D, F anymore? Uh, I think nervous might be an understatement. Um, uh, that's just the, the culture of secondary schools. I mean, you, you get an A, you get a B, you get a C, you get a D. When you take that, uh, when you take that away from teachers, then they start to question how they assess students yeah. and, and what, you know, how, how do we – how do we show students that they're making progress? And I think in, unless that's laid out really clearly, uh, it becomes a source of anxiety for teachers. But the thing is, high schools are so big. We do so many different things. We're all so specialized that, that these one-size-fits-all examples don't necessarily work for everyone. So that's where success coaches and, and department chairs and, and content coordinators, they come together and, and they try to, you know, like Spanish looks an awful lot different than band when it comes to, to this this process. I think when you broach the subject of getting right away from grades with teachers, maybe start off by trying to tell them that we're going to incorporate the letter E into the grading system and see 
because well, they'd be like, wait, what? Wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> right. Why do what's what? wrong with E? I don't understand. I mean, we use F, but not E. I don't get it. So one of the things, though, that, that uh, really connects me with the food pantry is just uh, the, they teach young teachers this thing called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And if I had to if I had to put it in layman's terms, it means that until uh, a student's physiological needs, uh, food, water, air, shelter, sleep, uh, until those things are met, uh, they can't learn. But there's there's a whole lot of things that have to happen before you can actually get students to engage in learning. And some of those interesting facts that we are going to talk about. Uh, yeah, the, the numbers in the district are interesting. The, the, over the summer, the federal program that ended free school, lunch, and breakfast for students, any student, it didn't matter, eligibility, uh, that ended. And, it, you know, the big talking point when they started that is we took half of we we cut child poverty in half by I think that was part of the talking point, and then that program ended, and nobody went, nobody in in Congress went. We doubled child poverty, you know. They they, they didn't didn't do that, and and Congress didn't pass legislation to do this. It was some kind of like economic thing that the the president signed off on that that was only able to be to happen, and so we can blame the U.S. House and the Senate for this not continuing at this point, but but it did cut child poverty in half for a while. And I always say that even if even if the rich kids, the quote unquote rich kids, are getting fed, well, their parents might not have the time in the morning to feed kids breakfast, to feed kids lunch. So you can just send them to school and not have to worry about it. So to, to me, I didn't care. Like feed the kids, and whether they're you know their parents are well off or not, it didn't matter to me. Um, at least we know they're eating, and then they're going to their their grades are not going to suffer, even if we're doing away with grades at some point. But but some of the the numbers within the school district where kids are eligible for this stuff now are staggering, right, Brad? Right. Or so Brad? yeah, according to, to you got the double first name, so yeah, that, that throws people <laughs> off all the time. Yeah. Uh, so the the information that we got from the district is that uh, that the free and reduced enrollment percentage in the school is forty eight percent. And to me, when I put that into a numeric value, there's about a thousand students at Central, so that's roughly four hundred and eighty students who are getting either free or reduced meals. Um, uh, what's interesting is that that figure. Um, it's actually, I mean, she it's, the district enrollment is five thousand five hundred eighty-two, so forty-eight percent. Right. So we're at twenty-six hundred kids are eligible for this, right? District-wide for sure. Yep. Um, and it looks like that number it increases. Oh, and you're saying at Central? Ju- I'm talking specifically at Central. Yeah. Yep, okay. Um, that's the lens that I, I view things too. But then we have some of the other schools uh, that get free breakfast and lunch every day. That's Hamilton Northside. Hinkin and uh, Logan Middle and Cooley Montessori. Yeah, and then al- along these lines too, with that program ending, the 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 school. So there, with that program ending, kids are back on paying for school lunches, and therefore the school lunch debt, that which I bring up on the show a couple times a year, maybe not enough, maybe maybe in different aspects, maybe we should bring it up in different aspects. But the school lunch debt at at the Lacrosse School District right now, so half about halfway through the year. Is already at fourteen thousand two hundred twenty-four dollars. So we have uh, we have families out there that are already accumulating school lunch debt, and then we're going to have to depend on what's called the beer by bike brigade. I haven't talked to Mario yet, and maybe I'll send him these numbers with the beer by bike brigade uh, because they always pay off. They don't always, but they have oftentimes paid off school lunch debt. I know they did it in Holman a couple of years ago. I remember covering that. And they've done it in the Carl School District. I'm sure they've done it in other uh, facets in other districts. Um, but yeah, it's it's this is where we're at in society, where we have to have a bunch of beer drinking bike riders pay off 
our lacrosse school district's lunch debt. And they haven't done it yet, but they have done it in the past. Well, you know, universal free meals, they expired in, in June of 2020, but there's a lot of states. There's five states, California, Maine, Vermont, Massachusetts, and Nevada, that give their students free lunch and free breakfast every single day as a part of what they do. So you go to school and you expect to get fed. And uh, there have been talk about um, states like Wisconsin and Minnesota doing the same thing. I don't see our legislature actually pulling the trigger on that anytime soon. But if we're going to make kids come to school, the least that we can do is feed them where they're there or make sure that they're not hungry. So in addition to the food pantry that we have, I have a smaller food pantry that uh, any teacher has a key. They can open up the cabinet any day. They can take out food that kids can eat that day. Uh, I'm down by La Crosse Road, which is the the district's at-risk program, we have a food pantry just down there for those kids. The, the kids, they, they, they can't go hungry. Like Being hungry at school means that they're not learning. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to I talk about the, the, the food pantry at Central. It, that's, you said there's a lot of these, right? Is that, you know, off the top of your head, every, how many schools have I, a food pantry? I can't verify that every single school has at least some kind of a food pantry, but they all have a smaller one. Uh, not many. I don't know if any, if, if somebody I'm sure will correct me at some point, uh, but I don't know if any that have refrigerators or freezers. So I have, I have six full pantry shelves. I have a freezer and I have a refrigerator, uh, most of which are full at all times. Uh, occasionally I do send out uh, some pantry items to some yeah, of the other Yeah, you did this schools. last month with Thanksgiving, right? Oh, you yeah. were You were like making it rain turkeys or what? <laughs> Pretty close. Well, thanks to thanks to our previous donors, and and we were trying to spend down some of the budget because uh, it was the the COVID had COVID had increased the amount that we actually had sitting in our budget. But we put out eighty six uh, turkey and ham kits. So we we gave them a box with a turkey and a ham. Uh, we had uh, mashed potatoes, stuffing, vegetables, yam. Um, we made sure everybody got a pie, and we put eighty six out of those doors. Uh, eighty six of those out of the door. Uh, in addition, so the Hunger Task Force, they parked their truck out in front of Central. From that truck, on top of the 86 turkey, uh, turkey and ham kits, uh, we sent out 3,459 pounds of food. They weighed the truck before it left, and then they weighed it when we got back. So to do that, um, we had a bunch of, uh, we had several different student organizations, a lot of teachers, and any, any kid that I could rope in to help. But it was ended up being about 140 students and staff who volunteered. But we, yeah, we... We didn't exactly make it rain turkeys, but we put a lot out the door. Did you do like the shoot the basketball hoop, you know, just throwing turkeys like that maybe? You know, I think we can work on that. We're going to try to do it in the <laughs> spring, so maybe we'll make it fun. Get that. Jordan and Johnny Davis over to shoot basketball turkeys at people, maybe something. Um, okay, so you, you keep, you, you know, you shouldn't keep saying, All right, but we, our budget's pretty healthy, but you're just being honest there. Um, but eventually, like, you're going to need to replenish and can – you know, while you allow just – can anyone in the public use the food pantry? Do you Absolutely. have to come in and show, here's my pay stub? Do you have to do any of that stuff? No, and it's a fairly painless process. So the, the fund, as I understand it, and I'm not a budget expert – uh, that they pay but, but I'm saying to use it if I want to come take right. some food. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a fund 21. And oh, okay. what that means is it's open to the community. It has to be a community-based uh, fund. So we accept donations from the community. We distribute it freely to the community uh, without questions. I do. The Hunger Task Force asks me to keep some household num- numbers. And we do ask about food share, which is a, it's a good thing that we talked to Lori because um, – the, the Hunger Task Force folks like to tell me that we want to work ourselves out of a job. So it's great that you use the food pantry. You should also be using food share because that's a resource as well. But, yeah, we're, we're going to need more funds eventually, and people can. Well, and now how does that, how does that work? Like how, 
if I wanted to, do I come in with a jar of spaghetti sauce or do I you? Would, I would prefer cash. You know, okay, the, the, right. the, the world. Well, how does that happen? Cash. Do do you? Is yeah. it the web? Is there a website or uh, do you? We do need have a website and just uh, mail. You can mail us a check right to the high school. Um, uh, all donations are gladly accepted, and we will take food. But if you'd like to donate cash, that is most appreciated. Um, you can write your check to Central High School in the memo, put Central Cares uh, or La Cocina. Um, if, if we call it Central Cares, here's a little a bookkeeping trick. I can use some of that money to buy things like um, like hygiene products, like Lori talked about, like food stamps can't be used for that. Yeah. I would like to be able to buy shampoo. I would like to be able to buy toothbrushes, toothpastes. Uh, generally, I, I don't want people's food donations, but if anybody out there wants to give me a bunch of toothbrushes, uh, antiperspirant, uh, shampoo and conditioner, anything like that, I would gladly take that. Okay, so you're because that stock is a little low at this point, huh? because you're trying yeah. to convert a little bit. That's low, and I can't spend my food pantry money on that type of stuff. Oh, yeah, that, that means. That, that's why I can have a central cares fund that will let me do some of that stuff, too. All right, Brad Bryan sitting in here. He runs what's been calling, he's been calling Central Cares. We're rebranding, and the La Casina Food Pantry at La Crosse Central High School. We'll be back uh, to wrap up. All right, we're just going to wrap up here. Brad Bryan from Central Cares at La Crosse Central High School is in here with me. He's also a success coach there. We've been talking about food insecurity in the state and in the area, $14,000 school lunch debt at the school district right now. Mario, get on that. Um, I want to I bring up there, the city has alternate side parking going into effect at midnight tonight. They called a snow emergency, which begins at in four minutes. At 6 p.m., there's a snow emergency. National Weather Service's social media, their Facebook, Twitter pages, looks like we're going to get about four to seven inches. Um, and they say a strong winter storm will begin to impact the region this afternoon. So right now... Uh, I, I, we haven't been outside in an hour, so I don't know what it looks like, but it was just starting to get bad out there when you came in, Brett. Um, a majority of the accumulation occurs overnight with snow existing exiting to the east by noon tomorrow. So we're going to get hard till about noon tomorrow. Um Anything else to, to just wrap up here, Brad, with the Central Cares program? No, I would just say if uh, if you know someone who, who could use some extra food, uh, send them my way if it's you, if it's someone you care about. Uh, we're open Thursdays from 2 to 5 to the public. We're open to the students of Central alone uh, Thursdays at about 1 o'clock, so they get a little bit of private shopping. But, yeah, please send people by. We have food. We replenish regularly, and we really want to get it out to the community. Was this the worst day to bring you in because you're not going to be open tomorrow, right? Yeah, my vacation started three hours ago. Your vacation started three hours ago, and even if you weren't on vacation, it sounds like there won't. If there's no school, there's no food pantry, correct? Right. No. No. Yeah, you're correct. No. No school. No food pantry. Uh, that's another thing too. We can only be open when the building is open, which is one of the, the limitations that we have. Uh, sometimes custodial uh, staff shortages don't allow us to be open at other times. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening.